0: Uh, You see the sermon series that I'm walking through. So for the next three weeks, we're going to walk through an interesting journey. It's kind of getting us ready to come out of COVID. I think that's as important as actually coming into COVID. You know, we watch the news, we read the news, we look around and we might even be wrestling with what is going on. Where is God in the middle of all this chaos? Where is God in the violence that I see or God in the tension that I read about in this world? Where is God in the midst of COVID for 15 months, God? Why couldn't you just heal our land? If you're like me, sometimes you look and think, if I was God, I might do things a little differently. Like God, there's got to be a better plan. As we dive into this series, I, I want to warn you up front, and just, just so that we're all on the same page, a lot of us aren't going to like this series. We're going to deal with stories that are really difficult to understand. You're not going to feel good at the end of this message, so get your comfort food ready so that you can at least drown your sorrows in your favorite food. What a great introduction. If pastoring doesn't work out, I'm going to go into sales, I think. You see, sometimes we run up against some stuff in God's Word. And sometimes we run up against stuff in our life that just doesn't make sense. So here's what we're going to do for the next three weeks. We're going to look at three different stories from the New Testament. Today, we're going to look at the theme of when God doesn't seem interested. You know, like we're praying and it seems like God's just not listening. Next week, we're going to talk about God always seems to be late. Like my day timer and God's day timer don't seem to mesh. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. We're waiting. Then the third week is my favorite week. We're going to talk about when God's plans and my plans don't match up. Like God is really an uncooperative God. Like, God, just get on my agenda. He doesn't know what he should be doing, and maybe I just need to tell him. Well, let me ask you this question. How many of you at, at some point you prayed and it didn't seem like God was listening? You're waiting and waiting and waiting, and there was no answer. Let me be honest, that's what these last 15 months have felt like. You know, there, there's the preacher stories. You know, like everything works out perfectly in the preacher stories. We tell amazing, miraculous, true stories, like the time I was on an airplane, because every good preacher story starts with starting on an airplane The only problem is no one's flying anymore, so I'm sitting in my car by myself with my mask on. You know, you hear those stories, and you think, it didn't happen like that in my life. Maybe you look at your friends, and they're blessed. They have a job that you're jealous of. They have a marriage that they're in love in. They're financially doing well, and you're thinking, I'm serving Jesus I'm faithful, and they aren't as faithful as me. Where is God in all of this? Where is God in life when it doesn't make sense? What do you do when God seems disinterested? What do you do when you're praying and God doesn't seem to hear your prayer? What do you do when you pray and God seems silent? I'm going to keep coming back to this theme, so you're going to hear it a few times. Just because God is silent doesn't mean God is absent. Just because God is silent doesn't mean God is absent. Just because you may not hear him doesn't mean that he doesn't hear you. Just because you don't feel his presence doesn't mean that he's not with you. To illustrate this, I want to deal with one of the most challenging stories in the Bible. I'm going to tell you up front, I hate how this story ends. If Matt was the author of the Bible, we would change this part. I want you to to look with me at John the Baptist. Many of us kind of know the name. We don't really know the, the full story. The guy was the most radical prophet you could ever imagine. He wore animal skins He ate locusts. He ate a lot of honey. He was really popular at that time with the common person because he was just one of the guys. In fact, he had an attitude of standing for truth no matter what, even if it got him into trouble. And he got into trouble with King Herod. But what I want to do for you is I want to give you the backstory, story, and then we're actually going to read out of the Scripture the same story so that you can kind of make sense of it. So King Herod was married. He seemed to be interested in his brother's wife. So do you catch the story? Herod, King Herod, divorced his wife and married his brother's wife, who was named Herodias. So we have a scandal This happened in the first century. It's a big scandal. John the Baptist was preaching to them, saying, this is not right. Herodias, the wife, she hated John the Baptist. Herod actually believed that God had given John the Baptist favor, and he actually viewed him as a godly man. He didn't want him arrested, and he didn't want to kill John the Baptist the way that Herodias wanted him killed. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 6. If you don't have your Bibles, they'll be on the screen. So just throw yourself into the story, okay? We're throwing ourselves in the story. Here we go, Mark chapter 6, verse 17. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she wasn't able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. So what did he do? He wanted to kill him, but Herod, King Herod, had a lot of respect for John. The woman wanted to kill him. She's out for blood. She's like, I want this guy killed. King Herod was like, I don't, ha- I, I don't hate him enough. I actually like him. He's a godly man. So you've got John the Baptist, the man who did nothing but point people to Jesus. John Baptist's life was all about preparing the way for the Lord. When anyone asked uh, John, he said, man, it's all about Jesus. People would say, we want to follow you. And he would say, no, 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 don't follow me. Follow Jesus. John the Baptist actually said this, I'm unworthy even to untie the sandals of Jesus. John the Baptist baptized people in the Jordan. He baptized Jesus in the Jordan. John the Baptist, a man who stands up for truth, was in prison for doing what was right. If I'm John the Baptist, and I'm standing up for Jesus, and Jesus is doing miracles, what do I think Jesus is going to do for me? A miracle. I just stand up for him. He's going to come for me. Most likely, John's in prison just waiting for Jesus to come. And guess what John the Baptist does? He waits. He waits. He waits. Jesus didn't show up. Jesus didn't send nine-foot angels to break him out. Jesus just kept doing his ministry and John the Baptist waited and waited and waited. How many of us Think John the Baptist kept his faith and was unwavering. How many of us think that John the Baptist struggled in his faith? How many of us would say, man, he just lived his life? John the Baptist was a human being like you and me. He did what I would have probably done. John the Baptist starts asking questions. He, he wondered, wait a minute. Is Jesus really who I thought he was? If you want to pick up the story in another gospel, go with me to Matthew chapter 11, okay? Matthew chapter 11. Here's the cross story to it. So John's waiting. We know that. We have that piece of the puzzle. Here's what verse 2 says. When John, who was in prison heard about the deeds, the work of the Messiah, of Jesus. I want you just to stop there. See my little notes on the screen. When Jesus, when John the Baptist was in prison and heard about the deeds of the Messiah, stop there. John is in prison. Okay, keep following along with me. John is in prison. Some of the disciples are coming to visit him. Jesus isn't visiting. But the disciples who come say this to John, we're going to tell you what's going on. He's healing people. It's amazing. He did this thing where he turned water into wine. Okay, Baptists, we turned it into grape juice. It was non-alcoholic wine. I'm not sure what it was, but we know John the Baptist. John the Baptist is in prison, And Jesus does this miracle. And the disciples say to Jesus, uh, say to John the Baptist, this, wow, he's doing amazing things. And so John looks at the disciples who came to visit him and he says, this, go back to Jesus, wherever he is, and ask him this question for us. And this shows John the Baptist's real self, his heart. Ask him, Jesus, are you the one who really was to come? Or should we wait for someone else? Here's John in prison. The disciples are going, he's doing great miracles. John in prison looks at the disciples and goes, Can you just ask Jesus, are you the one? Or should we wait for someone else? In other words, John the Baptist is saying this, I've been preparing the way, but maybe I was wrong. Jesus, I've been doing all of this, and because you haven't come for me, maybe you aren't the one that I thought you were. How did Jesus reply? Well, let me tell you how he did not reply. Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm the one. I'm cool, I'm going to be there at midnight, and we're going to break you out. Hey, I'm sending some people. They'll get you out. Jesus didn't even say, I'm sending a lawyer to you. He'll come to your defense. Go back to Matthew chapter 11 and read this, verse 4. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are, are cleansed. The deaf hear the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. In the next few verses, it's almost impossible to figure this out, because then Jesus says in verse 6, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. What? You're healing other people. You're doing miracles for strangers. You're telling me I'm blessed if I don't stumble on account of you. You didn't even come to tell me that yourself, Jesus. You sent someone else. You, Jesus, come to me. You sent someone else to tell me you're doing all these miracles and you don't even have enough power to get me out of prison? I've been serving you, Jesus. This doesn't make sense at all. Well, what happens? Jesus keeps pushing his message forward. He keeps doing miracles. He keeps doing what what God sent him to do. John continues to, guess what? Wait. John waits in prison. Herod then throws a party, and everyone is partying. They get drunk. The king was a little too drunk. And if you thought this story was weird and there's no more turns to this story, it gets really weird because Herodias, the wife, her daughter, Salome does a dance. We don't really know what kind of dance it was. Whatever dance it was, the king really liked it. He's drunk. And he says this, Man, that dance was amazing. I'll give you whatever you want. That was an amazing dance. Now remember Herodias. Herodias says to the daughter, you know what? You need to ask for the head of John the Baptist. The girl goes to the drunk king and says, hey, I want John the Baptist's life. The king says, all right. And this is where the story really gets amazing. As the guards are going to kill John the Baptist, an earthquake comes. An angel of the Lord appears with two flaming swords. He strikes everyone down blind. You're going to have to watch what happens. Fireworks are going off. Doors fly open. The music swells. Smoke is coming out of the scene. That's what I would do. I would have the great end to the story. I would make the story like it's all about following Jesus. Go back to where we started, and I want you to look at at verse 21 and 29, verse 21 through 29, because here we get the real interesting piece of the story in Mark chapter 6. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials, the military commanders, the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, ask for me whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised it with an oath. Whatever you give, whatever you ask, sorry, I will give to you even half my kingdom. What a dance. She went out and said to her mother, what should I ask for? Ask for the head of John the Baptist. At once the girl hurried to the king with the request, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed. But because of his oath and his dinner guests, he didn't want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in prison, and brought his head back on a platter. He presented it to the girl and then to the mom. On hearing this, John's disciples came and took the body and laid it in a tomb. Wow. I don't know about you, but in other places that I've read in the Bible, earthquakes happen, jail cells fly open. Here's a guy who has served faithfully, pointing to Jesus. And look at verse 26, the king was greatly distressed because of his oath and his dinner guests and didn't want to refuse her. He didn't want to kill John, but he gave his word, so he's trapped between a rock and a hard place. All of a sudden, King Herod has integrity. Hilarious in this story. Though a man goes, beheads John the Baptist. Now let me read this again. The context is John the Baptist serves Jesus faithfully. John the Baptist is always saying, I want to be less. I want Jesus to be more. I'm unworthy to untie his sandals. Follow him. He is the one. I'm here just to prepare the way. Repent of your sins. Turn to Jesus. Jesus had the power to rescue him. And the guard that went in to see John in prison and bring back his head on a platter. That's when you look at this story and you say this, it doesn't fit my version of Christianity. Where I get the promotion, I get the new house, I never get sick. Let's be honest, this story doesn't feel right We have to take a step back and let ourselves disconnect from the emotion of the story. Here's what we do know. It was John's desire that Jesus was the one. John's desire was fulfilled. In other words, John was here to prepare the way for the Lord. And John did that. More so, we need to recognize that that it is God's purpose that's fulfilled. The blind would see, the deaf would hear, the gospel would be proclaimed. We see what, what John actually, and more importantly, what God had purposed did come to pass. I want you to look at this verse in Proverbs 19, verse 21. It says this, and it's powerful words. Many... Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Lisa will keep that on the screen for a second. Many are the what? Many are the plans in my heart, in a person's heart. This is what I want. Many are the plans in my heart, but what prevails, the Lord's purpose always prevails. I want you to think about something this week, and I actually want you to embrace it in your heart this week. You don't have to understand the plan to trust in God's purpose. You don't have to understand the end to trust in God's purpose. You don't have to like the plan to trust in God's purpose. Right now, there's a middle-level problem Some of us have an upper level, very personal, very urgent problem. Some of you, you're praying for someone that's really sick, that you love and they're not getting better. There are those of you that will have holidays this year once we come out of COVID with an empty chair at the table because someone you loved and prayed for, they didn't make it. You knew God could heal them and they weren't healed. Some of you have worked really, really hard and you're really good at your job. The economy changed. COVID came. Oil prices are down and their companies have layoffs and you're one of the more recent people there and you don't have a job right now. And you're wondering, how am I going to make it through this? Someone has migraine headaches and you've been everywhere all the time trying to get treatments for what you can you've prayed you've prayed you've prayed everyone you know has prayed for you and the headaches are still there you don't understand why you don't have to understand the plan to still trust God's purpose he is still a good God We do not interpret God's goodness through our circumstances. We interpret our circumstances through the goodness of God. We believe that God is still good. He is always good. God cannot be anything but good. We don't have to understand everything to continue to trust in God. You've hit one of those times in your life where it doesn't make sense. If you serve God along, if you serve God long enough, live long enough, we always will hit one of those times. If you're like me, you're like, okay, what's the plan? I just need to know the plan. I'm fine if I know the plan. You may ask, what's the plan? And God may say, trust my purposes. My faith is no longer in the plan. My faith is in God's purpose. My faith is not in my plan. I know I would like the story to end in a different way. This is how I think it should end. But my faith is not in my plan. My faith is in God's purpose. His ways are higher. He is wiser. All of my life is not the center. I'm not the main actor in this play. I'm here to serve God and to glorify if you don't believe me this is a theme in scripture remember john the baptist and jesus john waiting jesus experienced almost the same thing remember the garden of gethsemane when he knew the cross was before him he cried out to god and he said my god would you remove this cup in other words he was talking about the cup of suffering god would you remove this suffering from me But then Jesus spun it and he said, not my will, but your will be done. God, if there's any other way for me to to endure the cross, would you give me the grace to do that? Yet not my plan, but your purpose. If you know what happened, mankind beat the, the life out of God's son. He was unrecognizable. He was hung on a naked cross, He was shamed. Before Jesus gave his life, he looked up to his Father in heaven and said, My God, my God, Father, why have you forsaken me? If I could add to it and put a little madology in here. God, why are you silent? God, why won't you speak? God, why won't you show yourself to me? God, why won't you do something? God, why do you seem inattentive? God, why do you seem disinterested? Just because God is silent does not mean God is absent. Here we are 2,000 years later. Everything in our faith hangs on this. Sinners around a moment when God seems inattentive. But God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Whenever God doesn't make sense, we need to cry out and ask him, God, heal someone, do a miracle. Let me tell you what, many times God hears that prayer and bless us in ways we can't even imagine. We get to see supernatural healings. We get to see miracles. We get to see the goodness of God. Our God is that good. But there's other times when our plans and our prayers don't exactly go as they should. Many are the plans in man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. That's why we don't put our plans in Matt's thoughts, we continue to trust in God. We don't interpret God's goodness through the lens of our circumstance we always interpret our circumstances through the lens of God's purpose. But I'm preaching you today in such a way that years ago I didn't understand this. I wanted it to be Matt's plan. But I continue to trust in the goodness of God even when it doesn't make sense to me in the moment. So as we wrestle in this week, May we understand that God's a God who's going way before us. And our job is to keep our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's pray. God, what a tough message to proclaim. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. There's a wealth of prayer requests in this room. Some of us are praying for our family to find Jesus, and it's been a long prayer. Some of us are praying for relationships to be restored, and we're getting tired of praying that. Some of us are praying for healing. We just seem like you are not interested in healing us. May we not listen to the evil one who wants to distract us or tell us it's not important. God, may we go in the peace and the understanding that your plans are always what are for us. May we be like Zacchaeus who climbed a tree just to see you because he knew if he could see you, he'd be changed. May we catch a glimpse of you this week. And God, as we end this service, may you send us out into this world to be hope tellers, to hope givers. May we take the message of Jesus, one that brings dignity and justice to people. May we not be quiet, May we be like John the Baptist who prepared the way and fulfilled his call. Lord, we love you. Bring us back next week ready to hear from you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.